0: People is important, whether it's your network, client base, your employees, it's super critical that you actually understand the psychology of the people that surround you in terms of your business endeavor. Don't focus so much on the HR side of things. Oh, I need to hire somebody that's fit for my business culture. That's a nonsense, a made up thing that HR does to earn their income. It is not supporting business. It is all about that people focus, celebrate people understand who they are what motivates them
1: we are here with juan jeffrey he is a serial entrepreneur an investor and he has built and scaled 12 businesses to up to 10 figures he helps six figure businesses become seven plus figure businesses and he is also in the adapt and overcome book his website is healthywealthyinvestor.com juan glad to be talking to you yeah nice talking to you as well so we met because you are co-authored in a book with Pat Massidi, and we understand that you are an investor and you're a mentor. So can you tell us if someone out there is, is your ideal type of person and they're completely stuck and they're confused and need some help solving their problems, what problems those people have and what's the answer? <laughs> That's a very broad question. Yeah, what I do is I work with owners that
0: actually understand that they need to change. That That's actually quite important with the people that I actually decide to work with. Once we actually get that started is that we look at the entire business. So we don't just look at the the details of the financials. Obviously, that's important, but we also look at the psychology, how the business owner thinks, what is their strategy, what are their goals. And then we actually look at, do a gap analysis, and then we provide them with some tactical steps to achieve their strategy so it's very scientifically structured and it deals with data so foundation is data and it really takes a mind shift to a lot of the business owners to to actually start understanding their business properly and then what i also work with them is to actually help them work on the business not so much in the business once they actually get their data the foundation sorted then we actually work on, like I said, the psychology, but then also, you know, see the business from a different perspective entirely. And, and then that's when they actually go, wow, they
1: never actually thought about it like this. So it's a mind shift that, that I take them through. And that makes a lot of sense that your actions up till now, your thinking up till now might have gotten you here, but they won't take you where you need to be. They won't take you to that next level. And it's easy to get trapped in your own thinking in the way things have always been done or are just in being afraid of change. And especially like you mentioned there, the fear of giving up control, of thinking that you built a business and you did all these things and you did eight people's different jobs at once and you did so many different things and only you were able to do this. And I imagine that with a psychology factor Ego gets involved, right? Because you think, look at what I've accomplished. Uh, Only I can carry the whole weight of the world on my back. I have to be the one to keep going. And then you have to kind of those, uh, I, I guess it's a difficult process, but it's like a it's like a different kind of difficult, right? It was difficult to get to this point, but it's also difficult to give up control. And I imagine that there's just there's got to be so many mental roadblocks, right? As far as no one else can do as good a job as I do. if I look away for a second, the whole business will come crumbling down. So what would you say to someone like that when you, there's this concept of working? on your business, not in your business, what's the usual resistance and what do you say to get people to think in the correct way? It's funny that you should say that because I think
0: 99.9% of all of the clients that I work with, that is the first hurdle that they need to overcome. So it really takes stock off of where they're at. But typically what happens is that as soon as we actually start exploring things that they just because. Most business owners, doesn't matter how big the business is, actually end up providing themselves with a job. And that is not what business is all about. So it's all about understanding that their business is a wealth creation vehicle. And and it's actually much more significant than most business owners realize. So they think of, this is my revenue, this is my net profit. At the end of the year, I'm doing pretty fine. But they don't actually understand the value of the business itself. It's its own entity. And... Um, once they actually start forgetting about themselves as an individual, like you mentioned, the ego, is that they actually understand that the business is its own entity and that they can actually use that, bus- that business as a vehicle for wealth creation. And then that's, all, that's the first mind shift. The second step is to actually saying, what are their goals? A lot of the business owners think, I've done this for the last 20 years, 30 years. Why change? Because this is working for me. But they don't actually understand that by just making your 10% growth per year target, you're doing fine. But it's not. They don't actually believe that you can actually take the business and 10 times it or 100 times it. And on, on some occasions, I've worked with clients that we actually 1,000 times their, their business revenue. And, uh, and it's entirely possible. It just depends on that drive to achieve that, that goal. And how do you do that? It's essentially set the goal. Look at what the gap is between where you are now, where you want to be, and work on it. And then there's a very structured way that I actually work with those owners to actually then step them through the discipline of changing how they've thought and looked at business and then forget about their own ego. They can't scale if they want to do it all themselves. So they only got so much time in a day. I was guilty of that myself. I used to work 17-hour days at some point, and you very quickly burn out. So that's a lesson I learned fairly quickly and the whole idea is for business owners is it's possible for you to actually a hundred times your business and only do two days a week working with your business and the rest of the time you spend what you want to do you you actually can strategize you set up your networks you work outside the business for wealth creation so it's a whole new perspective the business is just a vehicle and and just even that mind shift helps them actually look at the business differently and they start treating the business differently. So you reduce your cost base, your overheads, you actually look at your product base, instead of looking at it as a widget, you look at your customer base more so that, okay, what do the customers actually want from me? And what else are they interested in? Who else do they buy from? So then you actually start doing some competitor analysis. You look at, I've got this product, but. The clients that buy from me, they also buy from my competitors, but there's another product that they're interested in. So can I add that to it, to, to my portfolio of products? Can I improve my product to suit the customer? So it's not about the product, it's always about the customer. And that's the second mind shift that we take the business owners through. So it's a, it's a fascinating process. And then in, in the middle of all of that, it's all the psychology stuff that it's not just the, the business owner. If they end up with that, you work with a business owner that has employees and some of them, some employees. How do you actually leverage those employees? Because they're assets to your business. And how do you deal with the psychology of that? So how do you get your people to live and breathe your goals so yes. that you can actually step out of the business when you come back to a business is stronger than when you left? And so those are the, I call it the key performance indicators of when you do continuous improvement in the business is that the business can actually stand on its own legs. It doesn't need you in the business on a day by day. But you use data uh, and then the business owner sees the evidence that this is possible. That's when they start letting go. And you do it step by step. You make small tweaks. Most of the major improvements, even businesses that we've scaled a hundred times, it took 1% incremental shifts in certain aspects of their business. They're just compounded when you look at the whole business it compounds and it actually allows your business to grow
1: exponentially. So those are the exciting bits that, that I like to work with them through. And I'm starting to understand how you can make it exciting, right? That if there's that business owner out there who they've been so caught up in the day-to-day that they might even be bored with it. And they might think that there's no way out. And some of these ideas that you're presenting of getting the business to 10 times or a hundred times and then even scaling back the time that you're putting into it, that sounds really amazing. And but what's like image that's going on in my head is there's these two values, right? There's maybe like a red and a green. And one is the is the doing and the thinking, right? I think that where maybe some of these people have fallen into is almost 100% doing or 98% doing and only 2% thinking. And so from from hearing about these incremental changes that that could be made or getting the employees on board or dialing up the networking, it seems to me like the change that we're looking to make happen is to get it to 90% thinking, 95% thinking, and then only 5% doing. So that way the focus, like you've been mentioning here, the focus is on the publicity, on the networking, on going and revisiting those systems, or even thinking about the bigger pictures that you've been mentioning about looking at competitors or looking at customers, looking at next steps, and not just putting out the fires, not just grinding the day-to-day, but like looking at the future, the potential, what's possible. Yeah, that
0: that's exactly right. And I think maybe the easiest analogy I can use is Robert Kiyosaki's four quadrants. There's a whole stack of business owners, like I mentioned earlier, that that sits in the bottom left quadrant. They, they are actually an employee of their own business. And that's when they fight fires on a daily basis. They get, in, they get stuck into a routine. They, they get bored. And then they think, okay, I want to sell my business. But there are customers that think, okay, this is it. I want to retire. I'm I've, I've, I'm tired of doing this. I actually want to sell. So what I then do with them is, and more often than not, they end up not selling, by the way, is actually work with them through actually setting up the business for sale. So it'll take six months to 12 months to to actually get the business to a point and then typically of of significant performance and then another 12 months just to get your books in order. So that there's a history of performance within the business, and then you do the exit. But it's only about 10% of them that, that actually end up selling because they, because they have that different vision, that different lifestyle that they now have. And using their business as wealth creation, they actually start understanding that it's not about the business. It's not about their day-to-day job. It is about what's the next challenge? What's the next opportunity that they then start seeing? And they don't actually want to sell them because... The cash flow just comes in uh it's to a point where it's almost passive and they now actually have excitement because it's they've got new challenges it's fresh it's new and uh, yeah that's the most satisfactory component of everything that i do with my business owners just to see that shift in in their attitude and they forget about themselves they actually start looking out and they start looking thinking strategic they start thinking 10 to 15 years out even the ones that's close to retirement they end up not retiring because that they now can have the lifestyle, do what they want to do. Plus they actually have that ongoing business opportunity that they
1: leverage on a day-by-day basis. More choices. What makes it seem, what the the imagination that goes through my head right now is let's say you're living in a really run-down house and just over the years it's gotten worse and you have to jiggle the faucet to get the water to come out of the shower and it doesn't heat up very well and they've just been living with it and then you come and you knock on the door and you say, hey, we could just To make this quick change and we can fix your water heater. We can do this real easy paint job. We can just do these small improvements on your house and get it nice and fixed up and looking bright and shiny new again. And you can choose to sell that house because now it's all fixed up and before you wouldn't have been able to, but you can choose to sell that house or You might not even want to because now it's a nice and shiny house that's been all fixed up. You don't have to jiggle the water frost anymore to get it to turn on. And that's just the metaphor that's going through my head as far as the drastic change that you present to some of your clients. And we've talked about some of like little bits of stories here and there. But do you have a really good story here, Juan? Of one of these business owners that, you, that came to you and just, they were just emotionally erect, had all these problems, and you went and made things in tip-top shape. Anything come to mind?
0: Yeah, I've got a few, actually. I'll go with one of the more niche ones is uh, one, of, one of my answers, and they searched me out. I didn't know them before this. They actually found me at the time at one of the forums because I, I networked quite significantly. I'm usually present in most of the industry forums that's relevant to my niche clients that I work with. And uh, and they somehow found me and then they had an interview with me in the hotel room, just outside the, the conference. And they then asked me to come and work with them because they had a problem. So what they did was they had this really great idea. So how they work is they look at government regulations that change. And they invested in intellectual property that addresses some of the government regulations that was unique because it's a new regulation that came into play. It's global and it's European, it's North American. It's also Australian. And what I'm not going to talk about who they are, but it's more about what their, perspective, what their mindset was and their perspectives around it. And so a very exciting technology. It addresses all of the government concerns and basically it satisfies the regulations and that most businesses now have to comply with. And they created this widget around it and they then went to market and they fell flat on their face. They couldn't get any clients. Nobody was interested. They, it ticked off all of the boxes from a technology perspective, but it, it didn't work for any of their client bases. When they approached me at that time, they were already hemorrhaging millions of dollars and it was self-funded. It was two, two entrepreneurial founders that worked together. The third one sort of faded away. You couldn't sustain the cash flow that that was just keep on going out and what we did was very quickly defined a niche for them like a client niche that they should be focusing on so that it's not for the whole world so just start with a small niche that that basically a captive audience that they they just got to do this because this regulation is coming into play and they've got to actually address that now so there was that burning platform aspect to their client base very quickly the client said well, this is not gonna work it's not robust enough you can't put it out in the elements and 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 do what it needs to do it just won't last it doesn't integrate it with our systems their platforms so there was no communication ability with their widget so somebody had to manually operate it and so all of those things came feedback we started getting from the clients so then i just convinced them to hire specialists in the field to actually just basically rebuild their widget from the ground up but obviously ending that ip that they bought and Short, long story short is that two years later, they had global awards for this particular product that they developed. The clients were over the moon. They had multiple trial installations during that two year period and basically fine-tuned uh, the whole package. And now they are global. They're in three markets. So they're in the European, North American, and Australian market. And, and that was just from going from a widget focus to a client focus. So that was the only one change
1: we made with them. And it's fundamentally changed everything for them. And you hear about that sometimes about how it's way too easy to fall in love with your own product and your own features and not be thinking about the problems that you're solving and the people that are hurting. And even like you mentioned in there, how like early on you said, this is too big. This is too general. Let's focus it on just this one group of customers. And how do you come up with decisions like that? How do you decide to do things like rebuild the product from scratch or change up who the target market is? Some of these things seem like flashes of insight, flashes of genius. So how do you say, I'm looking at this problem and here's this new thing to try? What's your thought process like there? It's uh, very much, my background is uh, I'm a Six Sigma
0: black belt, but I use it not as a process. I use it as a tool. And in that portfolio of all of the tools that comes with it, I've got some very scientific uh, and and methodical approaches in how do you analyze the situation? You look at data, you look at information, you take clients back, and then you actually put those in matrices, you weigh it, you structure it, you prioritize it, you come up with budgets. So you actually built a very detailed plan to actually take them from A to B. And, And then once you add B, then you reassess. You keep on measuring, you keep on putting measurement systems in place. And then you keep on talking to the client base. And then also what I did was then I look outside. I look at adjacent markets. What are they doing? What technologies are there? What new trends are there? And I'm talking global major style trends. And then incorporate that. So basically preempt. So now that you're at the point where you satisfied your immediate customer, you now look at you know what's possible. Well, let's go there. Let's try and see where we can take this. And, and then incorporate those. So yes, there's elements of insight, but it is, it's to do with, you need to do your homework. You need to actually sit and really look at not just the business, but you need to look at the client base and you need to look at the adjacent market. So it's all due diligence stuff. And then the answers just jump off the page. And, and quite often it's the owners that come up with the ideas because what I've done is I've opened up their mind to what's possible. And they will actually... And then, the, 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 even if I have to prod and push, it ends up being their idea and their thought process that 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 makes that happen. Otherwise, they don't take ownership. So that's mm-hmm. an important factor as well.
1: That's interesting to think about. That you do enough research where the solution kind of jumps out of the page, and even better than that, the owner can think or can get can get there almost to what the solution is. And it's interesting to to hear about your thought process because. It reminds me of like how some of the accountants or someone who's like really good with numbers, they can really like abstract or think in terms of th- this moves over there or we'll build this object. And I'm hearing a little bit about that from you when you're talking about things like, you're you mentioning about things like the gap or, or just... Just, I'm picking up a little bit on, you can some, sometimes abstract these sorts of building blocks of a business and make sense. Whereas that business owner who's been trapped inside so long might see it as a whole mess, or it might even be painful for that business owner to look at the competitors or to look at how the industry has changed. And maybe they're just a few years behind, but that's still painful to think that, man, we dropped from third place to 30th place and they might not even have the time because then there's the issue of I want to bust out of the business but if I'm stuck in the day-to-day how would I even have time to do that I have to do everything I'm doing plus this new project of the getting the escape figured out so this so there's a lot of there's like many ways where it shows your value here in just the I can tell that you have the fun and the passion the creativity for solving this problem plus you have your six sigma black belt plus you can do all this research plus you can maybe see the perspectives that they themselves don't see so i i see like eight or ten different kind of factors that that this these business owners like they really need right
0: yeah and like you as said earlier is quite often they're not even self-aware it's that that they do have a problem as you said they get bored and they think oh this is just the routine and they don't actually thinking of change. So the change is the big topic of conversation with any business owner is and convince them that change is necessary. Otherwise, they fall behind, like what you mentioned. And very quickly, they're not competitive in the market. And then all of a sudden, they have to start discounting their services or their products because they're just not competitive. It's because they took the eye off the ball and they don't actually understand their, where the market has shifted to so it's very important to to keep on looking at the horizon instead of just head down in your
1: own business. And it seems to me that, so you're saying that these business owners, they need to change and they might be half or somewhat in denial about it. But then if the change itself is too scary, then maybe the uh, thought process needs to be one step back, which is the possibilities that you bring to them and say, maybe you're not quite ready to change, but what if, what about this? What about that? What if you had your business ready to sell? What if you put less time into your business, but it made more money? What if you were able to multiply or delegate? And then even if the possibilities is not at that stage, maybe even the step before that is just realizing that they have a problem, realizing that the last 20 years will not be the next 20 years. And so in these last few minutes where we're talking here, Juan, what do we say to to wake someone up? If there's some business owner out there And maybe they just, they know something's not quite right. They know that this can't continue, but they're not quite in enough pain to take this seriously. What do you and I say to that person to say, you need to make this a priority? What
0: I do with those customers is I, if they agree, I'll spend half a day to a day with them actually going through their existing business. We're not changing the business. We're just looking at the business. So we're just gathering data. Uh, then we look at the cash conversion cycle, we look at their numbers, we look at the break even point, their overheads, the just the business as a whole, and actually just have them go through that process. So, so it becomes a half to one day interview almost, where I take them through the steps of looking at their business with fresh eyes. And then we actually put that in a report that we then discuss with them in terms of, and even that process itself is fundamentally important because now they have self-knowledge of where their business is at. And then what I help them do is benchmark that. What do your competitors do? Where are they on the, on that, that journey of growth, of excellence, of revenue, whatever it is that they are targeting. And, and that typically is enough to, to wake them up, to say, hang on, if I improve my, my, my cash flow conversion cycle by 10 days a month, all of a sudden, my, my free cash flow has jumped through the roof. And it's not a linear model, it's a compounding model. Funding is, is a very big deal when you actually look at your business numbers. And once they actually understand, they don't actually have to put any effort in, they don't have to invest any more money. They just have to actually understand what their cash flow is doing within their business. Just that one thing is a fundamental change. And then it's very rare. They're not going to say no to free cash in their business without actually putting in extra everything other than
1: understanding what's happening in their business. Well, this is a great message that it might not even take that much drastic work, or this might just be the beginning of the upside of, of your business. And some of the things that you said here is that you're just looking, you're just doing sort of an interview about the business. And that it might be possible to perhaps just reconfigure a few things here and there and make things flow a little bit more smoothly, more like a well-oiled machine. And things can be happy again, right? Things can be fun. Things can be as exciting as they were at the beginning, if not more, because you have the beginning excitement plus everything that you've built and learned along the way. And this can really be the best thing that ever happened to your business. So if someone says this idea of, looking at my business with one of getting that fresh perspective of looking at those metrics, seeing what can be done. This sounds great. What's the next step? How do they contact you and how do they make this happen? They,
0: they can go to my website, which is healthywealthyinvestor.com. And then there's the process. There's filling the form, your contact details, and tell me a little bit about yourself. What problem are you facing or even if you don't have an existing problem, where do you want to take your business? And and then I'll be in touch. We'll set up a session uh, similar to what I just discussed, uh, a couple of hours, half day, full day, depending on on, on your needs. And yep, away we go. And uh, yep, it's, that's the start of the journey. And, and there's lots of different ways I can assist. There's other clients that prefer they want to do it themselves. And for those, I'll provide courses that they can do to actually understand first what they need to do, go through their business. So say they're not quite ready to work one-on-one and actually take their business to the next level. So they actually want to start at the foundational level where they actually want to start understanding, learning some key things that they need to do in their own business before they're ready for, for growth. For those, they'll access the course work that I've got and and the rest, yep, if they want to work directly with me and they're ready to change, yep, that's the optimal as well. So it's between those that I typically work through my
1: website. So that's how it can be contacted. Well, fantastic. Healthywealthyinvestor.com, no matter if you're in the learning and studying stage versus the, I need one to help me out right now and jump into my business and tell me what I need to know and get as excited about the the future of my business with me as I am right now. So healthywealthyinvestor.com is the hub the website to go to right now to take that next step. And as we are wrapping up our conversation here, Juan, do you feel like we left anything out or do you feel like fitting in some last final parting words of advice just to really stick with us?
0: Yeah, look, really the secret of any business, and if I can impart this, there's a (laughs) few, but the main one is that even though business is an abstract entity, you end of the day, you're working with people and And for for any business to to move forward or to make a success, um, people is important, so whether it's your network, whether it's your client base, whether it's your employees, it's super, super critical that you actually understand the psychology of the the people that that surround you in terms of your business endeavor. That's just one of the last parting comments I think that people just need to be focusing on a bit more. Don't focus so much on the HR side of things, oh, I need to hire somebody that's uh, fit for my business culture. That's a nonsense. I think it's a made up thing that HR does to, to earn their income, but it is not supporting business. It is all about that people focus. So celebrate people, understand who they are, what motivates them. And if you do that, you'll have people on board, whether it's your clients or your employees, and they'll row in the same direction as you are. And so that's a very key concept because you can't do it alone. You need people around you. You need your network. You need coaching. Uh, yeah, that,
1: that's, I think, the one of the most important secrets of successful business. Very important message. I agree a thousand percent, Juan. And the place to go is healthywealthyinvestor.com if you like what you heard. If Juan got you excited about all these things that you can and should do in your business, then healthywealthyinvestor.com is the place to go. And also check out Adapt and Overcome, which is the book that Juan has co-authored with Pat Masidi. But right now, healthywealthyinvestor.com is the place to go and we will see you there. And thank you, Juan, for showing up and standing out and making a huge difference. Thank you, Robert. It's been a pleasure.